Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. comes to the region of Arabia and the Middle East, there is perhaps no more famous creature or monster uh, than the jinn. But in this video, we're going to be looking at some of the lesser known characters in the folklore of Arabia. One good thing to keep in mind about this subject is that before the arrival of Islam, the Arabs were a people who didn't really write very much in terms of written material. So when we talk about the mythology of ancient Arabia, we are mostly relying on later sources, often medieval sources or even later than that. And, and the, the primary of these sources is actually the stories of the Arabian Nights, or more properly called the Thousand and One Nights, since a lot of the stories originate from regions outside of Arabia. There are a lot of Persian stories, a lot of Indian stories, and so on. I also say creatures of Arabia and mythology of Arabia, but when it comes to a lot of these myths, they are often shared with a lot of other neighboring cultures and they sort of cross over between cultural boundaries, so to say. And myths like this are rarely exclusive, as we will also see. There are also sources about this from medieval zoological or philosophical treatises that gives us enough information at least that we know a fair amount about some of the mythology that existed in the region of Arabia. Number one, the Ruh or Anka. There are plenty of stories about giant bird-like creatures in many cultures and Arabia is no different. We find two recurring birds in fact, the Ruh and the Anka. 
The Ruch is a giant bird of prey that is so large that it is said to be able to grab entire elephants with its feet. It is thought to live in or come from the island of Madagascar and features in several stories and accounts. The most famous account of the Ruch comes from the Arabian Nights and the story of Sinbad the Sailor, which in itself is one of the most famous stories in that collection. Uh, Sinbad actually runs into the Ruch on two occasions, on his second and his fifth voyage. And the first time, Sinbad is stranded on a desert island, desperate to escape to come back to civilization, when he suddenly finds an enormous bird egg. And as he is inspecting this egg, the sky suddenly turns black or dark because the mother Ruch suddenly appears. Now, as the Ruch is later sleeping, Sinbad ties his turban to the feet or the leg of the Ruch, which then in the morning flies off to distant lands where Sinbad can can sort of untie himself and quickly hide behind a rock. So he escapes the Ruch this time and it flies back home, but not before grabbing a giant serpent with its feet to feed on. The second time Sinbad encounters the Ruch does not go as well. This time the sailor and his crew find another Ruch egg on an island and despite Sinbad's warnings, they crack open the egg and eat the chick inside. Obviously not the greatest idea, as the two parent Ruchs then appear and enact the revenge by basically destroying their boats and killing the entire crew except for Simbad himself, who narrowly escapes. Outside the Arabian Nights, we have other accounts as well. For example, from the famous actual person and, and traveler Ibn Battuta, he describes how he once saw what he thought was a flying mountain over the China seas, before, of course, realizing that it was in fact a Ruch bird. Rule of thumb, if a creature can be mistaken for a mountain, it's generally pretty big. Similar to the Ruch, the Anka is said to be a beautiful, large, usually female bird that can be found very poetically at, quote, the place of the setting sun. It is sometimes depicted as a phoenix, a griffin, an eagle, or a sphinx. And just like the jinn, the Anka is thought to originate on the mythical Mount Kaf, which lies at the end of the world, or the edge of the world, and is a creature that is often used to symbolize the purest of spirits. In fact, in the writings of the mystic Ibn Arabi, the Anka is described as, quote, the dust cloud within which God opens up the forms of the universe. So you can see that the Anka is often used in a symbolic fashion to describe um, mystical or, or metaphysical ideas. Whereas the Ruch is often presented as an intimidating and dangerous creature, the Anka is usually benevolent and represents things like purity, nobility, and beauty. As already stated, these birds, of course, remind us of other giant birds in, 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 in mythologies and cultures around the world. In particular, there is, of course, a very strong connection here with the Simurg of Persian mythology, who often functions in a very similar way and has become a very important symbol in Sufism in particular, much thanks to uh, the poet Fariduddin Attar's masterpiece, The Conference of the Birds. Similarly, the Anka, which I have just described, is used by Ibn Arabi 
Arabi in his in a treatise he wrote called the Ittihad al-Kawni, in which he describes uh, meeting four different birds uh, sitting in the tree of, of creation or the tree of existence at the center of creation uh, as he is having one of his mystical experiences. And one of these birds is indeed the Anka. Number two, the Bahamut. The Bahamut is a legendary giant fish or whale. There is something about mythology and very large things. The Bahamut is an unfathomably large creature, much larger than anything that has ever lived on this earth as far as we know. It is so large, in fact, that it is said to be the very foundation upon which the world stands. In Arabic sources, like in Zakaria al-Qazwinis, Ajaib al-Makhluqat wa Gharaib al-Mawjudat, or the wonders of creation, the earth is described as resting on the back of a giant bull, which in turns stands on the Bahamut, which then obviously is even larger than this bull. Um, this big fish or whale itself is then supported by the shoulders of an angel. This enormous whale is, of course, fascinating enough in itself, but it is also clearly very similar, both in form and definitely in name, to the Hebrew behemoth that is mentioned in the Hebrew Bible or Old Testament. It features in one of my favorite books of the Bible, the book of Job, and is usually considered a giant chaos monster that existed at the beginning of creation and was defeated by God in some kind of battle. No real physical description is given of this beast other than its very large size, but it is unmistakable that the word Bahamut in Arabic strongly relates to the Hebrew behemoth and that we are likely dealing with a cross-culture myth here. This shows us how interconnected the cultures and mythologies of the ancient world could be a lot of the time. Number three, Nas Nas. Perhaps the most monstrous and gross creature that we'll talk about today is called the Nas Nas. It also features in the Arabian Nights and in one of the more obscure stories from the collection called the story of the sage and the scholar. The Nas Nas are here and otherwise a kind of zombie-like creature that is half man, both literally and figuratively. In a figurative sense, it is thought that Nas Nas is the unholy offspring of, of the union of a human being and a shak, which is a kind of jinn or evil demon-like creature. And in a literal sense, as a result of this unholy union, the, the, the nasnas are literally half a human being. So it only has half of a head. It's like the head is, the body is cut off uh, in the middle. So it only has one half of a head, it has one arm and only one leg. But don't let that fool you because apparently they can jump and move at terrifying speeds despite their only having one leg. And if one of them catches up to you, that's very bad news, because according to some stories, a single touch from a nasnas means instant death. Truly the stuff of nightmares, the nasnas are seen by some as a kind of jinn, while others consider them unique creatures of their own. Why would someone ever think to come up with such a terrifying creature, you ask? I, I wish I knew. Number four, Dandan. Returning to the world of very large animals, the so-called dandan is another giant fish or whale. Uh, 
um, while not as enormous as the previously mentioned Bahamut, the Dandan is still large enough that it apparently can swallow an entire ship in a single gulp, which is still pretty impressive if you ask me. It is most famously mentioned, again, in the Arabian Nights, where it is described by a merman as the, quote, largest fish in the sea. You can't help but think about other similar legends and myths. Even today, there are documentaries dedicated to discussing whether the Megalodon, which was a giant shark that lived a few million years ago, is still lurking in the deep ocean. There seems to be this tendency by human beings to imagine what may lie hidden in the undiscovered depths of the sea. I mean, it is sometimes said that we know more about outer space than we do about our own oceans, so who knows after all. Speaking of mermen and giant fish, there is another related monster that pops up in medieval Arabic and Muslim texts who is known as Tahbib al-Bahr, literally translating to the physician of the sea. It is described by the very famous early Muslim alchemist and philosopher Jabir ibn Hayyan, or Geber in, in that nice form, and is described as a fish-like being of incredible knowledge and power. The Tahbib al-Bahr can transform into a mermaid and carries a large jewel on its head, which can be used to heal any injuries by simply touching it. The Bahr in the name may literally refer to the sea as the creature's home, or it could refer to its immense knowledge, like having knowledge as vast as the sea, or it's perhaps a reference to, to both of these. In a rather strange account, Jabir ibn Hayyan is said to have actually captured one of these creatures while on a sea voyage. One of the crewmen later fell in love with it in its beautiful mermaid form, and they had a child before the Tahbib al-Bahr eventually escaped back into the ocean. Uh, the Tahbib al-Bah is generally thought to be a benevolent creature, so not dangerous and nothing to be feared, but still, anything that hides in the ocean is kind of terrifying to me. Number five, Falak. That last part certainly can't be said for our last creature today, which is known as the Falak. The Falak is, surprise, surprise, a giant serpent. So if you have a fear of snakes, you should probably bail at this point. Like the Bahamut, the Falak is one of those just unreasonably large creatures. If you've seen the Harry Potter movies and you're thinking about that basilisk, think again. The Falak completely dwarfs it by comparison. This serpent is said to reside in the seventh deepest level of hell. It is so large that it can swallow the whole world, and the only thing that keeps it from doing so is its immense fear of God. When we look at the different mythologies and legends of the world's cultures, the snake or serpent is one of the most recurring and common symbols and features. From the Quetzalcoatl of the Aztecs and Native Central Americans, to the snake of Midgard in Norse mythology that surrounds the earth, the serpent in the Garden of Eden that tempts Adam and Eve, and also, of course, now the Falak of the Middle Eastern folklore, there's clearly something about snakes. Perhaps they somehow represent one of the most dangerous and intimidating animals that exist in our world, and their recurrence is a result of our natural fear of them. Who knows, but they are certainly very fascinating. So those are some of the most famous and recurring creatures that we find in the folklore of Arabia and the Middle East generally. 
The most famous of them all is, of course, the jinn. They are so famous and and important, in fact, that I will be dedicating a whole other separate video just to the jinn. So look forward to the video on the jinn. I'll see you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.